of our show, our early morning edition, as it is 10.45 a.m., an hour I am rarely awake, but we have a very special guest visiting from London who's staying with me today, uh, named Michael Linnington. Say hey. Say your DJ name. If you... <laughs> um, well, I go by different monikers, but um, I'm often known as Princess Michael of Cunt <laughs> in the UK, um, which is a riff on Princess Michael of Kent, part of our lovely royal family. Um, so I've been here for five days, um, and I'm off tonight, off to Mexico City. Um, so just been catching up with this barber. She's an international uh, international DJ, babe. She DJed uh, the Cheryl party in Brooklyn on Saturday. And uh, she's, she's up for a spa day next week in Mexico City. I'm going down with him. We're visiting our friend Sean. But uh, that first track was uh, Radio by Alicia Dixon, the Wiley edit, or as I like to call it, the ripoff of Robin song. But it, because it sounds a lot like Robin, but it's actually really great. I don't which know. Which came first? Which came first? Do you know? I am guessing Robin came first. Uh, maybe it was from the same producer. It came, uh, I think Robin came out first. But I could be wrong. I could get hate mail from all the Alicia Dixon <laughs> fans out there. <laughs> uh, it's a good song, though. I like it. 
listened to emotive Alicia Dixon track, it never really took off for her in the UK, even though she's doing quite good things. I don't know much about her. I don't know where she came from, how she became popular. Uh, I do know she was maybe in a girl group and released a few singles afterwards, one of which... Uh, the Boy Does Nothing For Me, which is really, really major. Uh, but that's the only thing I really have known about her. She was in a band called Mystique, and they were pretty massive, but they were only together for about five seconds. And then she tried to launch a solo career. I think she tried to market herself as the British Beyonce, but it hasn't quite worked. And now she does. she's a guest judge on like Dancing on Ice or something like that. But the music's not really taking off. That's too bad. I guess Nicole Scherzinger has replaced her, right? Nicole Scherzinger of Pussycat Dolls fame is apparently huge in London. Uh, and I started off with that because Michael, uh, maybe more so than our other guests here on Twerking Radio, has been very pop inclined. We've been listening to the new Britney Spears album the past five days he's been with me. But uh, do you, you know what you want to play? Yeah, I want to play um, American Love by Rose Lawrence as we're in America. It's one of my favorite kind of emotive gay disco songs um, from the Italo period. Um, so yeah, it's a nice song to kind of round off my five days in NYC. So this is American Love, the 87 Italian remix by Rose Lawrence.
that Italo set. Again, it's really early in the morning for us, but uh, I was expecting something a little poppier from uh, Michael. What's your What's your DJ name again? Say it again. Princess Michael of Cunt. Princess Michael of Cunt. I love how like last time somebody was here, they're like, "Can we say that on the radio?" I was like, "Babes, it's not really the radio. <laughs> it's just the internet. It's digital. I don't think the FCC is regulating this." But um, that was what was the name of your track? My track was American Love um, by Rose Lawrence. Um, it's a bit melancholy, but as I was saying, it's kind of a nice end of a club night, dance floor track. Maybe you're coming down on whatever, you know, you've met someone new. It's a bit of romance. What did you think of it? I loved it. That's not exactly what you said. You said you met a dude, you're making out with him. And I, again, as I picked up the microphone before I was going ooh ah yeah it didn't even matter what the lyrics were it was just kind of like a lot of e ooh eyeing and it just and the, saxophone. and the saxophone yeah that saxophone that saxophone gave it like an 84 to 86 timestamp uh and then I followed it with a remake of Betty Davis eyes by um an Italo record put out under the name Chinatown I don't know much about it uh but I Love it. The voice is a bit shrill, which is why maybe you haven't heard me play it out so much. Uh, I have the instrumental also, but people have asked me what my favorite uh, song is of all time, which is obviously impossible to narrow down to one track. But if I did have to narrow it to one track, I would say maybe it's Kim Carnes' Betty Davis Eyes and any other incarnation of that song because I don't. it's always been my favorite song from when I saw the video when I was three or four years old till now. I think that song's timeless. Okay, well, I'm going to follow that up with... I think we should have a bit of a chat. We don't want to just do music. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know what else to say. I've never heard that remake before. Um, I think it's really nice, and it's a nice follow-on from American Love as well. So, Tell me about how you got started as a DJ and about your party in London. Uh, I met you through a friend, Alex, and I know the two of you and Josh Gibson do a party called Dirt Box, one of maybe a few parties that, you know, I know Alex is DJing now, but how did that get started and how did you get started in DJing? And talk about this London underground scene, East London, everything like that. Um, well, it was all an accident, really. I was working in a bar called The Georgian Dragon, um, which if you're gay and you've lived in London or been through London, you will have ended up at in some point. It's kind of the touchstone of the East London gay scene. But working at a bar in London is not lucrative as it is here in New York. Really, the benefits of working at the Georgian Dragon were meeting gay dudes. Yeah, you do not get tips. <laughs> well, you don't get tips anywhere, really, in the UK. Um, so you're kind of working there for the love of it, which is one, meeting other gay guys, and two, they always played great music, which I really liked. The owner is a DJ, and he always has had a very like 80s influence, and I always have as well, and I've really enjoyed music, and but there was never an opportunity for me to really share that with people kind of thing. Um, so when I started working there, they're very flexible on the DJs, anyone can play and whatever so I started to fill in and then I started to do more and then as time went on I got more confident I started doing like the Friday and Saturday nights and things like that um, and then I met Alex who is kind of my on-off DJ partner and we've done a lot of parties together 
The Duchess of Pork. Yeah, the Duchess of Pork. So that's another uh, royal family connection, a riff on the Duchess of York, who I'm sure you Americans may be a little bit familiar with. Fergie, I think she's known as. More so than the Duchess of Kent. Princess Michael of Kent. I do not know who that is. I am not a royal family follower here from New York. It's, she's a bit more niche, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should do your research. <laughs> do your homework. Is she as camp, as Fergie? Mm, kind of. She's had a few scandals. But it's also that she's called Princess Michael, which is ridiculous. I don't... No one really knows why. I mean, she's not transgender or anything. I don't. <laughs> Her name's Michael, though. I don't. I'm not sure, really. She's known as Princess Michael. Like, I don't know if her husband's called Michael or what. So, I mean, maybe I should have done some more research as well. Um, where were we? Um, so yeah, I just started doing parties and um, very ad hoc. I'm definitely not the best DJ, but I've definitely focused more on the selection and. Uh, begin to hone my skills kind of thing. Um, so it's more about just putting on fun parties for our friends, really. And me and Alex do a lot of things together at the Georgian Dragon. And um, we do this night called Dirtbox with another friend of ours, Josh Gibson, um, which Josh Barber has guested for us a few times. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I could only describe the space that it's been held at, Vogue Fabrics, as literally underground, which it is. Uh, somebody even told me last time I was in London, they won't go there because it's a fire hazard. Although it has been approved by the fire department. It's a, it's a legal space. It wasn't when it started, but uh, it is literally an underground cellar type space. Uh, I think the first time I DJed there, they painted the walls white and it gets really sweaty down there and the paint started bleeding onto everybody that leans up against it. So everybody kind of left the party in white paint accidentally. Uh, but it's really, it's really fun. I've always had a great time there, only because there's no expectations, and you can really play anything as long as the sound system's working. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> like, the sound system's often not working, the walls are leaking, there's no doors on the toilets. But it's kind of part of what we wanted to do, which was kind of take things all back to basics and... It's a bit of romanticizing as well about, you know, kind of that, like a bygone era, kind of, you know, like Paradise Garage kind of era, like, you know, just putting on things and spaces for your friends, like, very relaxed. Um, luckily, it's been very successful, um, and it's led to us DJing at Glastonbury Festival um, with the MIC Download and Lovebox, which is another big East London festival, um, and here. And that's all coming up, those festivals. You're doing them this summer? Yeah, this summer. So Glastonbury and Lovebox. That's amazing. So now I'm going to play a track um, called Hippie Chick <coughs> by Soho. Now, I wasn't actually aware of this song until a few weeks ago, which I'm kind of a bit embarrassed about. Um, this song, when it came out, I think my sister had introduced it to me. It was in that 120 Minutes era, which was a famous MTV video show late at night on Sundays and she had the cassette single I now have like the 12 inch vinyl but I didn't know it was a sample from the Smiths or anything like that at the time I was just kind of like what is this wobbly electronic I mean I don't remember seeing the the video but when I got the vinyl I think this image of this black woman in white lipstick have you seen her yeah, yeah I've seen her I mean I've, I know some of the other songs but and I knew they were a British band and blah 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 
I think maybe this track was bigger over here than it was in the UK. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't know any of their other songs to date. Uh, I know this came out probably 92, 93. Uh, and for them in the US, I'm sure it was a one-hit wonder. Um, and on the topic of the Smith sample, I was one of the fools that when I was in the club I heard it in, which was Ducky, which is in Vauxhall, which is South London, one of the longest-running gay nights in London. Um, I was like, oh, this is a remix of the Smiths. So I, I was one of those fools that fell for it, but um, I quite like that. <laughs>
That was uh, the Soup Dragons, I'm Free, which I only played because I had mentioned that 120 minutes uh, dual CD set, although they weren't packaged together at the time. They were sold separately. They were purple. My sister had them. Anything my sister listened to in 1992, I was like, this is awesome. And so she listened to Soho, Hippie Chick, and uh, the Soup Dragons. And I actually had thought of playing The Farm, Groovy Train, that whole like weird 
it's 1992, but we're going to act like it's the 60s in London scene. It was, it was so cool, I guess, at the time here in New York as a young boy. Uh, and I also like any song that has a raga Jamaican interlude a la Erasure's remake of, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, with, MC with MC Kinky, I think. <laughs> yeah? And you actually saw MC Kinky perform when we were last in London. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't realize that was her. But I was in London maybe two months ago, and we were at this uh, East London fashion show, which says it all. And this <laughs> this female MC came out uh, in between fashion lines and sang. What was the song she sang? Mm, I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, she now goes by the name of Feral or Cantankerous. But it's MC Kinky who did that rap. I can't remember the name of the Erasure song now, though. It was the ABBA cover. Yeah, t uh, was it Take a Chance on Me? Yeah. yeah, so major. But I love how it's like ABBA, electronified, with a dance hall verse. Much like, <laughs> much like the, the uh, Soup Dragons, I'm free, dropping in a Jamaican dance hall verse. Maybe that was a thing. Would you say that your sister had a big influence on your music tastes and where you are now? Huge. I can't overstate how large the influence was that she had on me. Uh, I guess she she's three years older than me. She was born in 1977. I was born in 1980. Uh, so I was 12 or 13 when that stuff was coming up. Uh, and I wasn't even staying up late and watching 120 Minutes. I maybe would tape it on a VCR later on. But, uh, you know, her buying Nirvana's Nevermind and being like, this is cool was enough to make me think it was cool, which it was. I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't. Obviously, that album changed me greatly. Uh, but also, the 120 Minutes CD compilations, she had Susie and the Banshees CDs. She had Stone Roses CDs. I never liked the Stone Roses CDs. What? I know, Frau, sorry. Don't tell anybody. Not even I Want to Be Adored, which is kind of their most major track. I never got into it. I mean... You know, I never went back and revisited it. She had Happy Monday CDs. She also um, somehow tricked me into buying CDs that she wanted. <laughs> and being young and impressionable, I was like, okay, I'll use my bar mitzvah money to buy Sonic Youth Dirty. Uh, Jesus Jones Liquidizer before, I mean, she had Jesus Jones Doubt. That was the big one. And I went back and bought the older Jesus Jones and the ones that came out after Doubt, which were not that good. But it's odd, actually, talking about it. Now, they were all UK bands. I mean, I guess there was, like, a really big influx of alterna UK music coming into the States at that time. I'm quite surprised, because a lot of that stuff that you've talked about is termed as Madchester. I don't know if you've heard that phrase before, but it all originated in northern England, Manchester, Leeds kind of area. And I just wouldn't have thought it would have such a reach across the pond. I, I, I think it was really... 120 Minutes and WDRE, which was a Long Island radio station. Donna Donna was like the main DJ who we once went to see. She was at like a shop giving away cassettes that we were buying Timberland boots at. And uh, yeah, all this stuff had a major influence on me. The, the unfortunate part is that at one point, my sister became more liberal and more liberal and more anarchist and sort of opted out of buying CDs anymore as CD prices went up and up and up and MP3 and digital music had yet to be invented, it just stopped, and there was nothing else coming in from her. But at that point, you know, I was a bit older and discovering my own music, but as far as dance music goes, 
I didn't discover dance music until I dated my first boyfriend in college, really. I mean, it was all alternative Manchester music up until then. Nothing even Hacienda, Happy Monday stuff. That didn't even occur to me that you could dance to that because we didn't know about ecstasy or anything like that. I mean, I'm kind of the same, like exactly the same template of the music I listened to from when I was 13. A lot of indie alternative, things like pulp and blur and all that stuff. Then as I got older, obviously I kind of missed, I'm a little bit younger than you. I kind of missed the early wave kind of thing, but then I got into like grunge and new metal came next. And just the idea of even being into dance music was like such a no-no. It was so far away from what I was into or what like my views were or but then as I moved to London I moved to London seven years ago and then I you know started to go clubbing more and then I think and also you just become more relaxed and like you know I never thought that I would have like an iTunes full of pop music as well um, so that's changed yeah I don't think dance music had hit the mainstream I mean it, it did in a way that we were listening to Technotronic and CNC Music Factory I mean that was the same era uh, and was popular. I mean, that was popular on the radio, but it wasn't like I realized Bizarre Inc., you know, I'm going to get you. Any of that came from, you know, dance producers and had just, you know, models fronting it on top of the pops or anything like that, but it was really just electronic music made in the studio by two dudes, something like that. And those were all real big crossover tracks in the UK as well, so they were really big on the dance scene, but then they were also on top of the pops and like the TV and the chart show. Um, I remember that was the only, the only way you could see the videos was like watching this TV show on a Saturday morning. And it's really weird for me to like look back and think I didn't have instant access to stuff. Like it was often by chance, like watching TV or like I used to just watch MTV2 like nonstop, but not even having any way to hear the music because I didn't have the internet. Yeah, it was the same for me. After 120 Minutes, there was a, a show called Amp or something on MTV that was late at night. And it was electronic music, and it was Future Sounds of London. They always showed that stupid Future Sounds of London s video, which I didn't like, but you would have to be taping it and go back and revisit it and note down what the song was and hope to find it on a CD compilation somewhere uh, because you didn't have access to that digital music. And it was the same with 120 Minutes to a point. Again, I was younger, so I remember seeing like Courtney Love on that show with Kim Gordon, but I mean, I would only catch it here and there. It wasn't really something I was staying up on Sunday nights. I had school on Monday. I had to get, I had to, get to the eighth grade, to be honest. I had to prep for that bar mitzvah. Uh, you want to do the next track? You want me to? Um, I'll do the next track. Um, I think I might throw a bit of a curveball, actually. Um, just because we've been talking about dance music and, you know, how it's kind of come into our lives a little bit later, maybe. Um, but it's also had a massive effect. And we've spoken about this quite a lot before, is that we're both big Armin Van Helden fans. Both musically and physically. <laughs> <laughs> He's so hot. I've got such a crush on him. Um, I think what's interesting for me is that looking back um, on on sort of the curve of my music taste, Although I said I was so far away from dance music, there is one song that I bought on CD, which was Professional Widow, the Armin van Helden remix, which was like, you know, I was really stepping out of my kind of grunge ballpark and had a massive effect on me. Like, huge. I can't, I can't, like, you know, 
state it enough, like such a big song for me. Like I don't know how old I was, I think I was 13 at the time. It was just like this totally different sound and I'm also a big fan of Tori Amos, although I wasn't at the time. I didn't even put the two together. Um, so I'm a real big fan of everything Armin does. Um, he's got a very distinctive sound. Um, so I want to play a new remix he's just done, um, which is with Bag Raiders, um, who are this Australian DJ duo. Do you know them? Yeah, I do. They, they have really uh, been everywhere on the internet uh it, it's hard to go somewhere and not hear their 60 minute mixes i don't i don't know their their individual song mixes so well but they're from australia perhaps yeah and they're everywhere they've really been successful um so i'm gonna play uh <coughs> sunlight which probably would have been better yesterday when it was sunny today it's not so nice um so this is sunlight by bag raiders and it's an almond mix <laughs>
mashup as not fond as i am of mashups that was a mashup of fake blood and miss jane and it was so cleverly executed by richard x the only person that can really do a exceptional mashup these days uh but i chose that track because that that song it's a fine day not the original original but the 90s version done by miss jane because the original version was a famous acapella from england so in the 60s, the, the Miss Jane version from the 90s was famously remixed by ATB, and it was on this cassette that this boyfriend had made for me uh, of all dance music, and, and you playing that Armand Van Helden track, which I was actually telling you, I was a Tori Amos fan, so uh, it was a bit sacrilegious of anybody to do a dance remix of her. Uh, and also, there weren't really remixes like that that just took one line and cleverly cut it up and looped it. Uh, so when I actually did hear that remix as a devoted Tory fan, I was like, what? I just spent eight ninety nine on the CD single for this or something like that. Or maybe you said it wasn't even official. I think there was like an LT 
remix. That was the name of the guy with the initials, I believe. Uh, but that Miss Jane song, God, It's a Fine Day, was a, was a real influence of mine. And again, this show, Twerking Radio, is about influences and what DJs sort of grew up with. And it's not just dance music. We might segue into a non-dance part next. Or we might just play the new Britney Spears album. I mean, what I like about that song is it really reminds me of kind of that like 90s dance, dance stuff. Um, I'm sure that was a big influence on you. Um, I know it's been on me, and there was a massive kind of new rave scene in London, which I don't know if you were ever, ever there for. Not new rave, as in the now new rave with the neon colors and everything that... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, how old is that? Well, it, it kind of died a death a couple of years ago, but it was kind of big for about five minutes. But it really brought back all this kind of like 90s dance stuff, which I thought was great. I mean, I'm not so sure about all the neon stuff and the colored hair, which I know you have a problem with, Josh. I just found that in East London, when I've been there the past few times this year, you find a lot more out there colors on boys' and girls' hair than you do here in New York, where everyone wears black, dresses black, dyes their hair black. But you think that new rave scene died so quickly because the, the fashion scene in London is so vivacious and and so out there, but also so on to the next thing so quickly? Um, yeah, I think so. There's a really high turnaround. I mean, that whole scene was very much born out of a certain set of clubs um, that were run by a guy called Richard Mortimer. Um, and I worked with him on this club night called Boombox. That was kind of my first job uh, out of uni. And it was really like dress up, really out there, and everything, it was very fashion party. Um, and this was all pre-recession. I I'd often say, like, mm, I'm not sure if the recession has an effect on things. But since the recession, everything's changed. And that's, I think, part of why we can do club lights like dirt boxes, because everyone wants things to be simpler. Um, but yeah, I, it was a really tight period of time in London, a, a couple of years ago now, when I just got off my first degree. Um, and he did clubs like Family, golf sale um, and boombox and I think around boombox it spawned lots of other things um, really in your face a lot of like acid iconography um, just about having a good time dressing up da -da -da. it just it feels like decades ago already um, but yeah so what's now what's happening now in London post new rave post neon colors post acid house revival Sierra? <laughs> There's a hell of a lot of Sierra. But I think that's more to do with me <laughs> as a super Sierra fan. Um, I don't know, really. Like, I still feel like we're probably moving into something. I mean, there's been a real... After New Rave kind of came New Disco. So I think we're kind of still riding the wave of that. So it's brought up a lot of old disco stuff, I think, through Horsemeat Disco as well. Um, Italo is obviously massive, like... Our club night has always had a bit of a tallow. Whenever I DJ, there's always a bit of a tallow. Um, I don't really know what we're moving into. I feel like there's a lot of rehashing of old stuff, but maybe we're just at a point where there can't be anything new. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I know two two shows ago, we had Kelly on, who, who's a recording artist also, and he played a bit of dubstep, grime, kind of more of these like uh, inner city type uh 
musical genres that, much like Bag Raiders, you read about a lot on the internet, you hear a lot on the internet. And this weekend, I, I personally went up to uh, Philadelphia, DJed at this college, Swarthmore, near where I went to school. I went to Haverford in the same tri-college consortium. And beforehand, it was a gay party. It was gay-oriented. Uh, and the the party people who threw it informed me that dubstep was massive on campus, which to me was mind-blowing because I've been tweeting, how do you dance to dubstep for, like, months now. I I enjoy the music. I enjoy Moombaton. Do you know what that is? It's Maybe I'll play you a Moombaton track next. Uh, but it's, it's, it's these genres that are sort of spawned out of geekdom on the internet and then make waves uh what i found super curious was that while we were walking to the party this um promoter who had brought me to the campus told me about um these parties they've been doing during the semester and it was there was a rave that they had done there was a party that only had uh rave music and witch house which house to me as a genre is so small right now and not danceable and so born out of like a pitchfork.com joke that it's so funny how like a, a, an elite intellectual institution could pick this up, make it a thing, make it a party theme and probably toss it away five minutes later. But the dubstep that I did play at the party and I played Dorley, I played these UK artists where I know dubstep's really big and there was a really great sound system with massive subwoofers and it went off. People went crazy for it. So uh, I don't, I haven't found that has crossed over into the gay scene here in New York and in London when I've been over there, but maybe that's maybe that's next. Um, well, I kind of know about dubstep, but I'm not, and it's I know it's big in London, but I don't really know where and what's going on. Like it's definitely happening, and definitely some subculture going on. But I think it's I think maybe I'm too old. I think I've missed the boat on that one. Well, Kelly and I also talked about uh, European drugs that are popular right now, uh, not by firsthand experience, but by being out in nightlife, uh, and that there's a big correlation with K, ketamine, and dubstep, which sort of makes sense because it's a slowed down, strange um, breakbeat. Uh, and, and we also talked a bit about meow meow. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like the big drug in London for about five minutes, which is mephadrone, which I only heard about in Barcelona when the guy I was seeing there was like, oh yeah, it's a bonsai tree plant feed. <laughs> The next thing I know, everyone's taking it in London. Um, but yeah, I think the dubstep scene is definitely like linked in with like drug use. Because um, I don't really do that anymore. I think maybe I'm a bit a bit distant to it. Yeah, I have no idea. But I'm going to play this Moombaton track now. Moombaton sort of didn't grow out of dubstep per se. It grew out of this one particular song that um, I believe Dave Nada, a DJ, slowed down to a somewhat reggaeton type beat. I like to call it reggaeton for white people because as you know, reggaeton here in New York and anywhere that's sort of Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Central America, it is or had been in the past 10 years, especially when I DJ straight clubs, the thing. And it's just the same beat with different Spanish lyrics. And unfortunately, not speaking Spanish, I don't really understand it all that often. So I call this like reggaeton for white people who like electronic music and have internet access. But uh, it's good. I, I'm getting more and more into it. I, I believe this is sort of a more um, digestible uh, genre, somewhat related to dubstep. So if you'll allow me to play the next track, I'm up for it. Okay, let's do a drop of Meow Meow and let's go. <laughs>
was um, Sea Spaces by Teeth um, and that is the Dolby Anal Remix. Um, Teeth are some guys I know from London. Um, they've kind of been around for ages. They're actually one of the guys is called Simon Leahy who's one of my oldest friends in London. I met him like in the first few months. Um, he was working the coat check in a club called The Ghetto um, which was an amazing, amazing, amazing gay club but it's been bulldozed now. Crossrail, which is a new railway line in London. Um, so he's been working on this project for ages. And, you know, sometimes I can be a bit of a shade queen. And I was like, hmm, this music's not so great. Then all of a sudden, he comes out with that one. And it's totally amazing. Um, I mean, that's a remix. There was a few remixes that came out. The Dream Track remix is really good as well. And the original's great too. That's their first single. Um, so they're kind of getting some periphery airplay in the UK and hopefully going on to bigger and better things. And Simon, who I was just talking about, actually lives in Brooklyn now. Um, so he's living in the States. He's an Englishman? Yeah, he's an Englishman in New York. He's living in Williamsburg with his boyfriend. I feel like these five days, Michael arrived on whatever, du Princess, Duchess, Princess Michael. Princess Michael. Uh, okay, Michael. Michael arrived on Thursday evening and I took him out. Uh, We've run into a lot of English people since since you've been here. It's a it's a big uh, transatlantic community. Maybe not living here for green card reasons, but um, it seems like the crossover from England and 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 two of my friends from New York have moved to London and and I've linked him them up with Michael. Maybe not directly, but um, yeah, it's like there's a there's a whole New York London contingent going on more so than any other country except maybe Spain. <laughs> 
yeah, I like the crossover. It's nice. Like, I feel like I've got like a parallel group of friends over here. Um, you know, it's nice to have New Yorkers in London and Londoners in New York. So, breeds creativity. <laughs> tell us about tell us about your stay in New York and uh, and your your thoughts. Um, well, I haven't done much in the day. <laughs> <laughs> that is always a factor when you stay with Sparber. You will not do much during the daytime. Be forewarned. And we're going to Mexico City together. Michael leaves tonight, Tuesday. I'm doing a Led Zeppelin party for Lena's birthday tomorrow at Eastern Block for good times, my Wednesday party. And then I fly down on Thursday for five days. So uh, let me just say, I do not expect to do much in Mexico City by daytime. Maybe one day where I could see the city and the sights and whatever there is to see in Mexico City, but the rest is going to be all darkness, hopefully. Well, I think we'll be on your DJ schedule, so I wouldn't worry about that. I think we might save the out-of-town sights for when you leave. Um, you know, I don't want to be a buzzkill for you. Um, so I'm sure there'll be lots of nightlife, and we are going with Sean Vickers, so it's going to be very nightlife orientated. I love that. I've never been to Mexico City. I... I wish I could speak to it on this radio show, and maybe the next show will be Salsa Roundup from What's Hot in Mexico. I don't, I don't expect that uh, particularly. I expect to hear lots of Lady Gaga and Britney Spears. We are big fans of the new Britney Spears album. Uh, yeah, my, my next track is going to be off the Britney album. Uh, Michael Magnin, who I sing the praises of every single radio show because he is my favorite, Came, he, he does Van Damme on Sundays. He alternates with DJ Will, our first guest, and Michael will be on the show also. But can I just say, as the Angel Alliance in London tends to say, can I just say that in the middle of a major house set, and, and Michael plays house music, two Sundays ago, we were downstairs in the basement. It was moderately crowded, and Michael came out with this Britney Spears remix. The album had only just come out on the internet a week before. And it was not one of the first two singles that he played. Uh, and I went crazy. I, and, I, and he sent it to me the next day. I posted it on my blog before. You could go twerking.com is where I post these podcasts also. But um, he played this remix. And if it has the Michael Magnus stamp of approval, then you know it's going to be good. So uh, this, this is one of the many tracks we've been listening to this week. And uh, listen to that Britney Spears album. It is... It is pure genius from start to finish. Yeah, it's definitely something else. Like, I was ready to judge it, but actually, it's kind of got me. There's some good tracks on there. Obviously, it's very well produced. Um, I'm not sure how much involvement Britney had. Um, but yeah, there's some great songs, and it's kind of been the soundtrack to my stay here, um, as me and Sparbra have had it on loop since Thursday. Um, and I think it'll probably end up being the soundtrack of Mexico City. So... I'm not sure which one Sparva's going to choose. I think I said this, but Michael re-edited this track and just put a drum beat under it for the Sunday night party, which was a total gagger. It's a, it's a gagger to hear Michael Magnin play Britney Spears, and it's even more of a gagger to know that he spent time on Ableton Live re-editing a Britney track that had only come out the week before. So it was much appreciated, and I think he realized that because he sent it to me to share with all of you. <laughs> Who? <laughs> 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 
turned into a cooking show because as we're not recording at nighttime nor having beers or any other drinks nor did we really do that drop of meow meow before that we joked about uh, I'm actually making egg whites for Michael who has recently discovered Paula Dean. Yeah. I'm a huge fan <laughs> I feel like it was a calling basically what happened was I met some guy in the cock and I went home with him on Saturday night so now this is when all you, you bring him over to the stove with the egg whites and all the tea comes out. <laughs> and so I stayed over and then we fell asleep with the TV on. And then I wake up to that the southern hummingbird that is Paula Dean. And she just kills me. Like I'm a sucker for the southern accent anyway. I can't understand everything she's saying. Um but yeah, it's really been a big discovery for me and I have been watching the video when she gets hit in the face with a ham, <laughs> a frozen ham. 
um, over and over again. Um, apparently, I'm quite late to it because I posted it on Facebook and everyone's like, you haven't heard of Paula Dean before? <laughs> um, so, no. So, I'm a Paula Dean convert. I think you're going to go through a southern phase, and it's like next time you come back to the States, it's going to be like, oh, let's go down to Georgia. And like, yeah. it's going to like totally be like, oh, I made grits, and I'm really into barbecue sauce now and weird stuff like that. Well, Josh took me for grits um, last time I stayed in September. I must say I wasn't a fan. <laughs> <laughs> you're poking them around on your plate. You're like, what are these? My English accent has gotten so bad since hanging out with English people. But you, did, you were not a fan. I was not a fan. But I am a fan of the South, and this is a perfect segue because um, I feel we've had some pop, and now we're talking about the South, so it gives me carte blanche to play Sierra. Oh, it gives me carte blanche, uh, carte blanche to play that new Trina track also. Perfect. Yeah, we're just launching into, the, we're launching into the Southern Ladies of Hip Hop set from here on out. I mean, we, we played Britney already, who is from Louisiana, and uh, I don't know if you, if you put this together when you had seen that special that was on a few years ago about... I am Britney or whatever, I am depressed. And it was about her dad taking care of her and, you know, like uh, mashing up processed cheese squares into her grits to make, you know, cheese grits. Yeah, Michael's making a face. But that, and, and, that, and that clip was everyone was like, oh God, like she is really country, not in a bad way. That's just where she grew up, backwoods, Louisiana, much like our other guest on the show, Mark Luke. She's also country. She's from backwoods Louisiana but you know as much as Brittany may have toured the world she's a southern girl at heart you can, you can take the girl out of Louisiana but you can't take Louisiana out of the girl so I'm having a total southern states fetish right now I'm not sure where it's going to lead um, but it's definitely I've always felt support from Sparber in my love for Sierra we're both big fans um, and I remember he played a Sierra remix at Dirtbox when he guested which blew me away and turned me out. Um, I'm actually not sure which track I'm going to play. I think I might play the Juices remix um, from Brodinsky Presents, a French guy. Can I just say that at this party at Swarthmore on Saturday night, amongst all the strange remixes that people, I mean, all the requests people came up to me and asked, uh, one was, can you play a Juices remix? Uh, and it wasn't the first or second time I had heard that either. I think you were the one who had made the request last time. But um, yeah, I look forward to it. Um, do you know any history behind the track? Because I'm really not, I really don't know anything about it. I don't know if it's a response to another track or, or what. No, but I know that that Brodinsky Presents compilation is may, 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 major. The best of everything, as it titles itself. The best of everything, volume two, that. Usher, Nicki Minaj, Little Freak, Redo, whatever you want to call it. That whole album is really great. Actually, there's a track <coughs> on that by Bren Mar. Bren Mar had also played Swarthmore College this year before me because one of the promoters was so into his remixes that sh she brought him to campus to play. They had um, the budget to do that. It was amazing. It's amazing that that could happen just by taking an Aaliyah vocal and putting some quirky beats underneath it. But anyway, back to Ciara. Okay, so this is the Deuces remix from Bedinsky Presents. Um, we're going to have some egg whites while we listen, and I might do some duck walking, um, which <laughs> my friend JR in the UK, who's she's a southern girl, but she's just moved from New York. Um, they've been training me to duck walk, so what better reason than over eggs and Sierra? Remix. 
that's not me, then whom? I'm talking about could've came out tonight wearing J's, skin tight jeans, would've worked, but hey, thought it was time for a change. I'm guilty, what can I say? Count it like M I N this bitch. What's hood? Hating on me, then bitch. What's hood? I said it, I'm a problem, I get it, but diamond prince is fame with it. I'm about my dough, get my cash. Yeah, I'm what everybody staring at, they see me in Long Hill, red bottoms, Long Hill, red bottoms, Long Hill, red bottoms, Long Hill, red bottoms, step, step. Step, step in your step, 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 step in your long hill, red bottom, long hill, red bottom, long hill, red bottom, long hill, red bottom, step, 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 step in your step, 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 step in your not purple or turquoise. I pin they know what to look for. These niggas gon' love what I'm dressed in. Dressed up and looking so sexy. Six inches, red bottoms, long heels. I got them when I say step and they start to jump right. Then I say yes, take off with the hook. I'm in Louboutins, curvy legs. Dirty stuff, they say purdy red. Make movies, that's the way I put it in motion. Straight down Collins, yes on ocean. Drive in when I jump out the ride. Chain reaction, everybody wanna vibe. And I'm on that, I ain't gon' lie. And red, cause I got that fire, I'm moving in. Long hill, red bottoms, long hill, red bottoms. Neutrina, that's that Neutrina shit. Uh, <laughs> Red Bottoms, it's off his mixtape she just put out called Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, and we here at Twerking Radio are big, 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 big Trina fans. We're Sierra fans also. We go back with Trina to pull over that ass too fat days, though. That track was produced by Mr. Kala Park, who uh, pretty much was doing every, everything in 2003, 2004 when I was DJing it. Saturday night straight hip hop spots in New York City. But um before that we had Sierra Deuce's remix. Uh remix by Double Dutch, who I was just telling Michael I DJed with in LA at this Mustache Mondays party and we got to excuse me, talking and he is from the same town as me on Long Island, Merrick. Or he's from Belmore, which was just really odd to have uh two DJs a bit different. He does a lot of sort of dubstepy uh music, but to have grown up very, 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 very close to one another must be in the water or the high school that Amy Fisher and Debbie Gibson went to. 
Uh, so I don't know if we're going to stick with this Southern black lady theme or not. Michael? Um, we're definitely sticking with a black lady. I'm not actually sure where she's from, so it's Missy. I've got to play Missy Elliott. Where's she from? Do you know? I don't know. My only Missy Elliott story is I used to I used to work at concessions, Jones Beach concerts on Long Island, which is uh, ten minutes from Merrick. You just go to the Parkway over the water, and you're on the Strip Beaches. Jones Beach is a big outdoor amphitheater. It's still there, and Missy Elliott was on the Lilith Fair tour or something, uh, maybe the second or third year of it, and she performed a set. And she came out in like that big garbage bag costume. This is like the she's a bitch era, I believe. Uh, and she came out and like gave everybody a high five. And coincidentally, friends of mine somehow had wrangled backstage passes. And they got to go backstage or into the parking lot where all the trailers were set up. And Miss Yelly was like, yeah, girls, come on in. Have some pizza with me. She was like high as a kite and offered them pizza. And I was like, she's a big lesbian, right? And they never said yes or no because they didn't know. I mean... I don't think she's ever said yes or no, but she has to be a lesbian, right? Why do you think that? Just because she's a curvy girl? <laughs> I'm not sure. There's lots of rumors, but she's never really, she's never really said anything. So, you know. She obviously was sleeping with Tweet. <laughs> and I think like Mariah Carey and DeBrat, like they would go out on double dates. Like Mariah and DeBrat would go out and Missy and Tweet would go out on dates. That's this whole lesbian hip hop fantasy of mine that I had. And of course you have, Queen Latifah, who was like the the real lesbian, the butcher, the butcher one. She Missy had like butch offs or something. I heard the rumor that if you wanted Missy to guest on your track or produce it, you had to sleep with her, and that's how Mel B <laughs> got her to do. <laughs> um, what's that Mel B song? I think I want you back, um, which kind of bombed in the UK, but I think is actually quite major. Um, yeah, so I heard um, in order for Missy to cross you with her production you have to you know do her, do her a favor i think that makes sense last time you were in new york staying over at my place i i had mentioned the mel b track tell me which was not missy produced perhaps but was was aspiring to get to that same place and then we watched the video of this missy produced mel b track which is an odd collaboration but i think mel b gave up on music completely at this point right yeah i think she was kind of targeting herself in that genre, but to be honest, the UK just was not ready for it. So, I mean, Missy wasn't even that big in the UK at the time. Where's the UK now, as far as hip-hop goes? Because I have to say that when I was there on Thursday, I DJed the Joiners, which is down the block from where you work, the Georgian Dragon, and Kelly, who was a guest on the show, really urged me to play a lot of hip-hop, and he's like, they're going to live for it, they're going to love it, and they did. But it was, it was pulling teeth to an extent, because there is no southern hip-hop influence in london at this point in time i know sierra is like a crossover because she does dance stuff as well as crunk stuff but um beyond that you know what's the status well i think the popularity is definitely for more of the commercial stuff so you know like missy and sierra and tweet and all those kind of things we've name checked <laughs> there's not really like a a, a hip-hop scene like that i mean we have like grime and UK garage and that's kind of where we fall on that but it's funny how like uh like commercial hip hop is is everywhere now in the UK and it's 
not that long ago, you wouldn't have got it in the charts. So yeah, I mean, a gay night in East London, like hip hop's pretty massive. Well, like the commercial side of things. Have you met any of the Spice Girls? <laughs> I haven't, but I have met one of Girls Aloud. Tell us, please. Sarah Harding, my favorite. Um, I was hosting a restaurant um, in central London. And first of all, we got the rumor that all of Girls Aloud were coming, which obviously sent me into a flat spin. I was going to say, Michael exploded when he heard that rumor. <laughs> but then it turned out it was just Sarah Harding. Um, but she's my favorite anyway, so, you know, that was fine. Um, and I know that your friend, who I've met this time, Ryan McNally, was really pleased to hear that story as, a, as an Anglophile and a big Girls Aloud fan. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, after that Girls Aloud conversation that we had this weekend, I came out as an All Saints fan because when I lived in England, 2000, it was all about All Saints. It was kind of post-Spice Girls, and the All Saints were kind of like the other group. They never made it over to the States. They did with that first song, Never Ever. That was a long, long time ago. But then really beyond that, Black Coffee was big, and that never really got big here. And they were on the... Well, they were on the soundtrack to the beach, the Leonardo DiCaprio vehicle with Pure Shores, uh, which is my favorite song. But yeah, I was an I was an All Saints fan. I never really crossed over to Girls Aloud as much as my fellow sisters have. Michael's mouth is full, and I don't even know where we're gonna go with this unless we're gonna play some Girls Aloud. We were meant to play Missy. I think we just got off target. Um, yeah, so we're talking about commercial R and B. We're talking about you know Josh's set. In the joiners, everyone went crazy, especially for Sierra. Um, I think you can't not love Missy um, for being so creative and also nurturing. Like, we wouldn't have Sierra if it wasn't for Missy. Um, I'm not such a fan of the newest stuff, but some of the old stuff is incredible. And you can kind of throw it in anywhere, whether you're doing a dance set and you totally get away with it. So I'm going to play um, Pass That Dutch by Missy. Listen up. We have been just informed that there's an unknown virus that's attacking all clubs. Symptoms have been said to be heavy breathing, wild dancing, coughing. So when you hear the sound, hoo -hoo, run for cover, cover, cover. What's happening? Hypnotic in my drink. That's right. Shake it till it sink. That's right. Mr. Moe's on the beat. That's right. Put it down for the street. That's right. Come on, pass the Dutch, baby. Shake, shake, shake your stuff. Pop that jiggle, that fat. Don't stop, get it till your clothes get wet. Number one, drums go boom. 
bump, bump, bump. This beat here will make your home bump jump. If you's a fat one, put your clothes back on before you start putting potholes in my lawn. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm under attack like my name was Saddam. I am the bomb from New York to my lawn, and I can write a song sicker than Jeffrey Dawn. <laughs> touch my car alarm, breaking my car, you will hear Viper arm. I've been a superstar since Daddy King was raw. I'm live on stage, come on and give me some applause. Thank you. Thank you, you all are so wonderful. Come on, pass the Dutch, baby. Shake, shake, shake your stuff. Pop that, pop that, jiggle that fat. Don't stop, get it till your clothes get wet. Listen up. You have five seconds to catch your breath. Five, four, three, two, one. Make that money, just keep it going like the Energizer Bunny. Shake that, shake that, move it all around. Spank that, yank that Dutch back now. Freak him, freak her, whatever your choice. Didn't come to judge, I came to get your voice. Scream, my voice is lost. Can I get a ride on a white horse? Come on, pass the Dutch, baby. Shake, shake, shake your stuff.
go, I'm the baddest of bitches. Mad novelist, chill my shorty in the back with my pet in the front. I know he hate that, but I don't give him what he want. Cool chick, pretty laid back. On my feet is the only ice cream you'll see in the Maybach. On the strip, I used to pitch like it's baseball. In the corner pocket, got the base or the eight ball. And y'all already know what's next. Last nigga that tried rob me froze to death. Had a slight cough, little bit of a runny nose. Rocks in my ear, low, but give me a head cold. Mommies with a track called Cold Summer. That is not that new. I used to listen to uh, radio podcasts from East Village Radio um, when I still listen to it sometimes. But there was a show that these guys that worked at the Fader did uh, called The Let Out, and, and they had sort of turned me on to that track. I think those are two girls out of Baltimore who put out a mixtape, uh, and I had high hopes for them. I still do. Uh, the mixtape was okay. You know, they're coming up kind of behind Rai Rai, who was following in the footsteps of M.I.A. Uh, not that they were related, Rai Rai and the Get em Mommies is the name of that duo. But that track, Cold Summer, uh, I was just really into it. It's harder nowadays for me to sort of discover newer hip-hop without, you know, radio shows that I really admired, like The Let Out, when they sort of go bust, or, or a blog that has tons of hip-hop on it goes bust, or, you know, gets shut down for posting illegal stuff. That's it. You're sort of cut off. And so... Uh, as many outlets as there are to get music now, you know, we were talking about having to watch videos, record the video, note down the track, and search it out on a compilation beforehand. I mean, there's so many ways to find music, but still you're sort of inundated with new hip-hop, and you could be like, this hip-hop sucks. New Missy Elliott sucks. No offense, Missy. I think you're a talented artist and stuff, but it, it doesn't. she doesn't do beats like that um, past that Dutch anymore. Past that Dutch was late in her career. I mean, in her top 10 singles career but like you can really hear the influence of past that dutch on that song i mean like that bass line i think well we were just saying off air that hopefully missy will be back maybe she's she's still got it in her um but she's really created a new sound there i think for sure she still has it in her i i, I wouldn't doubt that for a second and we came to missy Elliott because i played the track before uh the trina track by mr kala park who is also amazing at production and sort of had been out of the limelight and to come back with that, not that that Trina track is going to chart here in the States, but it's great and it's Trina and it's her getting back to sort of a dancey hip-hop sound, which Missy Elliott's sort of been continuing in and not really done anything super groundbreaking. I mean, I think the best part of that last track is that weird, <laughs> cold burr that, it, that is incorporated into uh, the song. I also had posted the song on my blog this week, uh, that incorporate a dial tone into the beat. The beat is a dial tone with 
maybe an 808 kicking in the background, something like that. The vocals are actually not that great, but just something creative like that, that Missy always pioneered, like, you know, saying a verse backwards in the chorus of a song for Work It, which was so mind-blowing and creative and simple. And it's just trick after trick after trick of that that she did that maybe, you know, she just wanted to take a couple years off with her lady friends. In a racing car bed. Which <laughs> Is that what she has? Yeah, I saw her on Cribs. I remember her crib. She had a movie theater in her house, right? I mean, but I think that's pretty typical now in Georgia. Yeah, um, but maybe not having a racing car bed. <laughs> <laughs> that's fierce for a heterosexual woman like Missy Elliott. <laughs> it's the butch side coming out past that butch. <laughs> so, <clears throat> obviously, we've been talking about a lot of crossover there and the things that Missy opened up. And I think something that came into my mind, an artist that has really done like a crossover in terms of her genre and how she's working is Khalees. Um, and there's one particular track she did off the last album, Flesh Tone, which I'm a super huge fan of. And I pretty much play it in every set um, I play. And I try not to get into habits like that, but... Um, it's put together so well, it really works, the lyrics are great. Um, and I think it's just a really interesting progression from for her from where she started and where she is now. I don't know, what do you think? Well, she started, again, this is uh, around 1996, the first summer I lived in England, in Oxford, uh, and that I Hate You So Much track came out, and it was like, who is this? I, I actually think that song, having seen it in England and then come back to the States, it didn't make much of a splash here in the States. And I think there it was like even more so. Who is this black woman that's yelling, I hate you so much right now? She was so angry. And it made that's why it made a massive splash because you've got this like strong, angry woman and with kind of a different sound as well. I mean, and it hit the charts. It was a chart botherer. And I think it was really something we hadn't heard before. And she's kind of rode that wave and done all sorts of different things. And I think where she's come to now with Flesh Tone, I mean, I wouldn't say it's pioneering in terms of the sound because we've had that kind of sound coming up everywhere recently. But I think it's really well done and a smart move of her. Um, so I want to play 4th of July. I love this track. I, I like Fleshton. I think she was managed a bit oddly with this album. I, I know I read interviews and she said, you know, I'm not a hip-hop vocalist. I'm just a vocalist that did hip-hop for a while. She was married to Nas. She had a baby. Uh, I think it's a bit of a cop-out of her to actually say that. I, I agree with her. She's a great singer. She does R&B. She's black. She's going to be, you know, pigeonholed into hip-hop R&B regardless, where she's proving she could put out a great dance album. And for the most part, it was a great dance album. It wasn't completely cohesive from start to finish because she collaborated with different people. Obviously, her David Guetta track called acapella was major as is this track fourth of july uh it sort of seemed like somehow she lost steam midway through promoting this album maybe she wasn't getting the backing that she wanted maybe she had just gone through a divorce i don't know seeing her live open for robin i mean i think her teaming with robin her marketing herself to the gays her doing gay clubs just not not only in new york but all over was clever on the one hand and also a bit strange because it seemed a bit half-hearted after she was going through the motions. But um, certainly promising for whatever she'll put out next. And speaking of geeky internet music and dubstep, her pairing with Crookers for the No Security track is was also brilliant. And 
showed that she's she's willing to go all over the place if she has to. I mean, I don't think she's, you know, charting. Again, I mean, she, she hasn't been top 40 in the States for a very long uh, time, but I don't think she's that bothered. No, I think she's just doing her own thing, right? Um, to a point, I think this this was moderately successful in the UK. I mean, especially on the gay scene. Um, I, I I agree with you. It's totally marketed in that way. And smooth move, you know. Like she's a good vocalist. Like the lyrics aren't half bad, and the music's great. Um, so well, let's see what she does next. Um, but this is Fourth of July. <laughs>
is a track called uh, Yours by Steffi, featuring Virginia. A friend of the mine sent me that. And then I always look at, uh, I was just talking about how, um, you know, sometimes I'm a bit lost as to where to find new music. And, and one of the ways I found that is looking at charts that other DJs post, their top tens for the month or for whatever publication or website they're putting them. And sometimes it's my friend's top 10 uh, that I'm looking at. And last night, as we were going to sleep, I looked at my friend Kevin Graves, who lived in London and DJs on Fire Island with me. And I had had this track before that, but uh, randomly I saw this on his top 10. It's funny because sometimes you think of all the music that's out there. How did he hear about this song? Just as I had heard about this song, but I heard about it from somebody else. I'm sure he did the same way. Uh, and I was going to say before when I played that, it's a fine day song, which people always go mental for on the dance floor. Uh, I I almost want to just hide the song and not let anybody know, not let anybody else know where I found it because it's my secret song that that makes everybody go crazy. But then, more recently, I feel well, if I have the platform of a radio show or a podcast to share music like this, nothing is secret anymore. Nobody is going to be the only person to have that track unless they created that track themselves. So why not share it with as many people who can hear it, perhaps who don't go out and listen to this music at the clubs that I spin at, which, you know, now is once or twice or three times a week, so. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting because we've kind of had like that arch of the whole, this whole show about finding new music and where you find things. And then I was just talking to you about how that piano refrain in Killy's Fourth of July was taken from the original mix of a lioness track called Your Heart. And sometimes for me, it's like, it goes backwards. So I was researching the Kelly's track, being like, well, who produced this? And then I find out that the piano refrains from there, and then you find the new band, and then you find a new song. Um, I think it's nice when you find something new and you feel like it's yours, um, which kind of leads me to where, what I want to play next, which is Kylie Minogue, Change Your Heart, I think it's called. I'm just looking it up. Um, and what's interesting about this track is that it, it's actually called Change Your Mind, sorry, um, is that it's the, it was originally optioned to Kylie from Dead Mouse, um, and, and Alexis Jordan ended up taking it and turning it into happiness, um, which as I've been told is a big Fire Island track. It is the Fire Island track of 2010. I tried to deny it for most of the summer last year uh and my friend rue kept saying well what's the track of the summer and i said it's a robin dancing on my own don't even question what what it is because it's robin dancing on my own which it it was i mean fourth of july was out acapella was out i was rooting for acapella playing acapella and this alexis jordan track uh what's it called the alexis jordan track. happiness for me it came out of nowhere and it only made sense to play in the context of Fire Island, and people went crazy for it. And I played it late in the season, and I played it into the fall and winter, and I'm sure I'll reprise it uh, on Fire Island this summer. I know I'm DJing out there at the beginning of June, uh, June 3rd so far. But, uh, yeah, Alexis Jordan. Well, you were still trying to deny it, even in like before Christmas when you came to London. Frowsing me, frowsing me on the air. <laughs> And all I was saying is, play the Alexis Jordan track. We were in the Jordan Dragon or, or wherever we were or at Dirtbox. And you were like, no, I think it's rubbish. Blah, blah, blah. Then you gave in. Um, <clears throat> that track, I think, 
Alexa's obviously done a good vocal job, but I think it's kind of down to Deb Mouse. Um, they've done a great job with it. And I think it's really interesting the fact that Kylie did a, a vocal with it originally. So that's the one I'm going to play. Um, just, you know, to share something that's not so well known, I think. So this is the previously unreleased uh, Kylie Minogue, Change Your Mind. Thank you. 
is where we would normally mix another pop song, but we don't have anything queued up. So we're just going to listen to this outro and watch Michael duck walk in vogue across my living room to it. So I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you hadn't heard it before. Because, um, well, when I first heard it, I was kind of geeking out a bit because... Obviously, I love Kylie Minogue because I'm British and she, although it's Australian, is a British institution. Um, and obviously, I was mad on that Alexis Jordan song. So um, it's an interesting meeting of minds there. And surprising that Kylie didn't pick that up and run with it. So where do you want to take us now, Josh? Um, I'm going to play this track that similarly, it, it's different. It's not that... Um this pop artist was given the tune and then options not to, to use it. It's 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 an old beat. I played on the last show actually in a in a house remix version. But um it's a it's a song that you'll you'll instantly recognize as a hip hop song that was turned into a pop song and very much like the first one that I played, that Robin Ripoff by Alicia Dixon, uh this song is not known by many people. It's one that I found very randomly uh, and don't even play out very often because it's uh, not all that mixable, but I tend to like it and I hope you will also. So check this one out.
artist the song is called space girl uh and i hadn't heard that in a really long time but uh i knew it had that beat from uh juicy fruit by biggie originally juicy by matume uh and it kind of has that calice breathy vocal i was saying to michael that he concurred with uh that brings us toward the end of our show right uh i think you're gonna play one more track maybe i'll play one maybe not but um yeah, after this, it's on to the airport for Michael, Mexico City. I will follow him down there on Thursday. And then back to London, where you can find him at Dirtbox and uh, Glastonbury and Lovebox and and the world. <laughs> and the world. Next, I think I'm going to play um, Your Love by Nicki Minaj, um, which came out in June last year. Um, <coughs> Nicki Minaj has been everywhere. Is there anything she hasn't guested on in the last year? I know you're a big fan. I'm a big fan. Our friend Sean Vickers that we're going to see in Mexico City had asked me to make a Nicki Minaj mix for him and his friends in London because she wasn't um, as well promoted there. She sort of did the United States and then took it to London later on. But before she went over to London with Pink Friday, I made this mix that is on my SoundCloud page. Uh, which you could go to soundcloud.com slash sparber and it's called uh it's sparby bitch but it was a it was a mix i put together of all the stuff she had done before pink friday from her mixtapes that i had liked the most um and that was solely because sean had asked me to do it now it has like 1500 downloads or listens which makes me happy to know that people out there are listening to it and enjoying it and people tell me oh they listen to this Nicki minaj and makes it the gym and stuff but i think she's incredibly talented and uh, and doing really, 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 really well for herself. I mean, she hasn't blown up as much in London, so I was really glad when you did that mixtape because it kind of got the awareness. I think this track that I'm going to play is probably the most well-known one at home because it was kind of a chart botherer and because the sample is an Annie Lennox sample from No More I Love You. No More I Love Yous, sorry. And I'm quite a big fan of that. Annie Lennox album, Diva. Um, it's an album my mom had. Um, and as a gay teen, I think it rubbed off. And, you know, the album's called Diva, so major. Uh, the producer who did this track, he actually uh, did not get clearance to use the Annie Lennox sample. So the original version of this that came out on the internet had a chopped up Annie Lennox vocal. And when it came time to record it for the album, they couldn't get clearance from Annie Lennox for one reason or another, or else they didn't want to pay royalties to her. Shame and shade. So they re-recorded the vocal uh, to sound like Annie Lennox. And obviously, however 
royalties for Sample's work, she had to get some payment. But the actual vocal on the final track that was on Pink Friday is not Annie Lennox, whereas there is a version out there floating around on the internet that is Annie Lennox. It would take a really astute ear to be able to tell the difference because though I've probably heard both of them, I could not tell you the difference. That's some interesting trivia, Sparba. I did not know that. The producer who did this track also did the track Money, M-U-N-Y, on the album. Uh, and I went back and listened to some of his other stuff. He's really talented. Uh, so I was reading an interview with him. That's how I know this. But this track, I mean, working on music now myself, it's, you could overthink things so much. And he said, just kind of like a flash in the pan, he, he, he put this vocal to an 808 beat, which was so simple, and sent it to Nikki. And she was like, I love that. I want to use that. And she did. Sometimes simple's the best. Okay, should we play it? Yeah. So this is Your Love by Nicki Minaj. Jake gone. Shawty, I'ma only tell you this once you the illness. 